Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 133 in Edmonton, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years for a menu. And a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. Our next guest is a doppelganger for former Edmonton Oilers general manager Peter Shirelli. On multiple occasions, he has been mistaken by many, including yours truly, we welcome back to the show the director of scouting for the Everton Oil Kings, Jamie Porter. Jamie, how are you doing? Oh, that was quite an introduction. Thank you. I'm fine. Now, there was a picture a number of years ago that guys were uh, in, in the two days after. It was like a Monday or Tuesday. The Oilers won the lottery on the Saturday night and got Connor McDavid. And there was a picture believed to have been at... Uh, I'm, I was thinking it was either Joey's or Earl's downtown. And people believe that Pete Shirelli was in Edmonton. But I believe that picture, was that actually of you? It was me. It was at the Earl's on uh, the south side. Okay. In, uh, south Edmonton Common. I was interviewing for the head scout job for Team Alberta. And as the story goes afterwards... That was the day Peter first came to Edmonton to talk to the Oiler ownership. Right. And, Isn't that um, hilarious? It got, it got tweeted out. It was on Hockey Night in Canada and Elliot Friedman and Bob McKenzie, everybody. But if you look at it, yeah, it's, it's me. It's not him. My, my parents figured it out right away. Well, I would hope they would know. <laughs> hey, that's fair. All right. So then, last year we're at the we're at the draft in Vancouver, and I was told Shirelli was up by where the Oilers were. Pete was in Vancouver. I didn't actually see him. I know Trent Yanni bumped into Peter, and they had a conversation, uh, but uh, I did not actually see Pete there. And I went roaring back up, and I just talked to uh, Tyler Dello. I don't know if you know Tyler, but I he. Do, yeah. uh, sp- yeah, he spent some time working in the Oilers organization, as a and he he at that point was working for New Jersey, and I went up and I did a double take and I thought Pete was in our suite, so I look up and I'm like, hey, how's <laughs> and you look at me like, at what point did you realize that uh, I thought it was Peter and not you? When you wished me luck, and then uh, I turned to Kurt Hill and I'm like, why is Bob wishing me luck? I'm just observing. And we right. started laughing because we figured what it was because we had ran into Peter a couple of hours before ourselves and had a conversation with him. So, yeah, it's a it's a funny story. All right, so there's a so that, now this so does this happen fairly regularly? Like when you were, you know, because how long now have you worked for uh, for the Oil Kings? Last three years. This is two. This is I've just uh, this is the second end of the second season. Um, it doesn't happen quite as often now because uh, Peter doesn't have the beard anymore. And 
uh, he's lost a fair bit of weight or I've put a fair bit of weight on, depending upon how you want to look at it. I can't believe that happens to guys, that uh, they put a fair bit of weight on. All right, let's, uh, let's get to it. We're talking to the head scout for the Edmonton Oil Kings, uh, Jamie Porter. And obviously, Jamie, look, the coronavirus uh, has come in. It's, it's, it's changed everything in the world. That's an absolute given. The Oil Kings were, uh, you guys didn't get a chance to, to play for a, a, you know, a WHL championship this year. You had the season. I mean, you got a young team. That bodes well for you. But it really has changed the entire complexion of the business, hasn't it? Uh, absolutely. I mean, we've been off the road now for several weeks. Uh, you know, the, the season ended so abruptly. Our, our young guys that had had such a good season and our 20-year-olds, it's heartbreaking for them um, in, in that specific sense. Um, Scouting-wise, we don't have any of those provincial camps at the end of the year to kind of finalize those provinces so we're doing everything from our homes now and and uh, conference calls how do you i mean how do you even do a whl batten draft if you don't have those end of the year evaluation tools at your disposal well i mean that's kind of how you've been doing it all winter right you've been putting reports in building a book on each of these players this year more than any other year you know, we're going to have to rely on those. We're going to have to rely on our area guys to, to go to bat for players. Or or right now we're doing background checks and homework on them. And if there's an issue, really look into it because we're not going to get that last chance to look at them and put them into a comparable with their own age group in their own area so that when we put the provinces together, we have a master list. So now it's, it's, it's a little more difficult and it's, the onus is back on the area guys a bit. Yeah, uh, you guys are, and the draft got moved up as well, is that right? Yeah, the draft will now be uh, April 22nd instead of the first Thursday in May, and everybody will be doing it from their uh, you know, their home bases more than likely. What picks do you guys have? Uh, we picked 20 in the first round, so that, that's where it'll be every single round after. Uh, we don't have a second-round pick uh, from the Alexander trade from two years ago, but we've got everything else besides that. And you have two number one picks a year from now as well. Is that right? We do. We have a second first-round pick uh, from the McDonald trade with Kelowna, so we'll have two next year. And that could be a very high pick. I mean, uh, you, ha- you have to have a little bit of empathy for the Kelowna Rockets as well here, Jamie. Just the, the And, I mean, you were part of the... The Swift. Were you still with Swift Current when you guys stepped up and uh, went and did that deal that, that saw you trading away your number one that ultimately turned out to be the number one overall pick in this year's draft? Yeah, I was uh, I was actively involved in that trade deadline. That uh, when we moved, uh, you know, we made th- at least three major deals that year. So I, I do have some some empathy for Kelowna. I mean, um, uh, Winnipeg stepped up with a pretty big trade at the deadline. Victoria made a pretty big move at the deadline. Uh, so there's a few teams that uh, the guy feels for right now. All right. Uh, Jamie Porter joining us right now. He's a head scout for the Edmonton uh, Oil Kings. Jamie, the U.S. draft was about a week ago. I can't even pronounce the kid's name that you guys ended up uh, taking. He's he's not going to be on the team this upcoming season, but he uh, has a strong possibility of being on the team uh, a year from now. Uh, tell us about the guy that you guys got in the top three overall picks out of the How did it work out that the Oil Kings ended up drafting that high in the uh, WHL U.S. prospects draft? Well, this is the first time that they've done a, a draft of this, of this nature. They wanted a bigger presence in the U.S., and we wanted to 
to kind of get it out in the marketplace that we're doing something special. So everybody had an equal shot at um, at the draft. So everybody was just pulled out of, you know, the, the balls just fell the way they did. We ended up being third. Uh, Red Deer and Tri were in front of us. And then it was snake style. So it went down and back up. So our first pick was three and our second pick was 42. Um, the player that we selected is from San Diego. His name is Alexios George Jackalis. Uh, he's a Greek kid. Um, you know, big body guy, 6'1", 180 pounds. He's got a power forward style to him. Uh, very receptive to playing in the league. Has some family friends that are playing in the league. Uh, knew a fair bit about it. So we have a relationship with the agent group. So kid was excited. They've been to Edmonton before. They've got family in Canada, so they understood the, the league. So it was, it was pretty positive all the way through for us with it. Now, he has not yet signed a WHL standard player contract, has he? No, he has not. Um, well, it was felt uh, from both sides that he needs to at least come up here and meet us face-to-face at some point for, for right. one thing and see the you know organization, see the building, uh, see the town you know again, get an idea of it. So we're not really concerned about that at all. I mean, we didn't put any pressure on them that way. They were really open to things. But we're going to kind of you know take a, a steady pace with this. Jamie Porter is the head scout of the Edmonton Oil Kings. The other player's name is John Novak. Who's he? John Novak uh, is a fairly high-end defenseman from Minnesota. He plays at uh, at uh, Lakeville Bantam AA. Um, again, we had really good conversations with him. He he's aware of the WHL. I mean, Minnesota's a little more of a challenge to recruit players from, but uh, he has some family friends again that have played in the league. Um, that are aware of what's going on. He knows about the Oil Kings. When we interviewed him, he really understood the draft. Like, he knew where we were. He knew how it worked. He knew what uh, education uh, contracts looked like. He was very uh, very knowledgeable and very interested. And, and at uh, 42, you know, he's a player that at least is willing to come to camp and take a look around and, and has uh, has an idea of what he wants to do with his future. We're joined by Jamie Porter as the head scout of the Edmonton Oil Kings. I mean, you're... You guys are going to have a good team here for the next couple of years once we get back up and playing. Uh, this is a big draft for Jake Neighbors. He had a quiet uh, – you did not draft him. Uh, he was drafted the year before you came to the organization. He had a quiet first half of the year, but he really got going as the season went on, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Uh, I, I mean, I, Jake does all the little things well. So, I mean, if, if people were thinking statistically that he was somewhat quiet, I, I would understand that, but – Jake has no noticeable flaws in his game, um, and he's a solid 200-foot guy. So, as his role expanded and as the team continued to roll, he got it—you know—he got stronger and stronger and more comfortable, and he took more control of it. And uh, I did nothing but help himself when it comes to the NHL draft place. Were you surprised at the level of Dylan Gunther, who was the number one pick in the 2018 WHL Bantam Draft from Edmonton? Uh, how far he progressed during the course of the season because by the end of the year he was a first-line player in your league as a 16-year-old. I, I probably am surprised, to be fair. Um, you know, where I previously worked, we didn't have a first-round pick, so we we didn't need to put him to the time or the homework into Dylan at that time. Um, we were together on Team Alberta that next year where I got to know him better, but it's not common for a guy to come in and, and, and do what he did, even when he got called up last year and scored in those games. Um, to be on the power play at 16 on a deep team that uh, that is going somewhere, I mean, it's, it's quite impressive. Like, he uh, he is an outstanding individual as a player, and he's in a, as a good person. 
we had a, and, and I'm going somewhere, and you can figure that I'm going to a place with Connor Bedard. But you know, a lot of people talked about Matthew Savoy. Uh, he got, I think he got into 22 games this year. Obviously, he got knocked out for a while, just a hellacious open ice hit. It is a challenge for a kid to play in the Western Hockey League at 15, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's a challenge at 16. It can be a challenge at 17, depending on how you, you know, the situation that you're in and the people that you are surrounded with. As a 15-year-old, I mean, it is it is very difficult. It, it has been done. There's no question about it. Connor, I think one of the things that he will have going for him is if he has a good build that, uh, you know, he's a power type of guy that he's going to be able to take punishment and give punishment. And, you know, Regina will have some older guys to surround him with to, to give him an opportunity to grow into that role. Yeah, it's going to be interesting moving forward. Well, best of luck uh, with the WHL Bantam draft. Obviously, the team's... Uh, yeah, we've had, we've had Kurt on fairly regularly. I'll be intrigued to see, you know, how you guys, uh, you know, end up uh, things work out for you. It is, it remains, even at the junior level, it remains the lifeblood of an organization, Jamie, doesn't it, in terms of just the importance. I mean, if you draft them in development, it makes it a lot easier for an organization. Yeah, I mean, it's the key to everything. It, is, it builds your entire base. It makes, you know, it, it makes the lack of trading possible. It, it makes coaches better. It makes uh, an organization attract fans. I mean, everything comes from scouting. All right, awesome stuff here. Great stuff. Okay. Thanks a lot, Jamie. Anytime. That's Take care, Porter. He's the Oilers, uh, Edmonton Oil Kings uh, head scout. Uh, Bob, this text comes to us from Cowtown Bob here. He says, a tip of the hat to your sponsors and advertisers. How much bleaker would COVID-19 be without your show every day? Thank you very much. Well, we got some guys that are on us about today's show. I don't know. It happens, but thank you for the positive ones that come in as well. And again, Jamie Porter does a he's a well-respected uh, scout in uh, Major Junior Hockey. And uh, the Oil Kings, uh, they're going to have a good team here for the next couple of years. Uh, Jason from Sangudo has texted the show to say, Bob, Louis Del Grande from Seeing Things is also a Pete Shirelli doppelganger. Oh, I, I did not know that. All right, uh, 147 in Edmonton. We're going to take a quick timeout, but not before I tell you this. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, focused on your health and peace of mind. They're proud to be a part of Ford Canada's Build to Lend a Hand program helping their customers through these difficult times committed to social responsibility safety and supporting their valued clients through flexible financing online sales and support and even delivery and mobile service find out more about how brent rich ford is built to lend a hand by calling 1-877-477-3673 or visit brentridge.com we'll take a time out we'll get back to this day in nhl history and we got a ryan nugent hopkins hater the text of the show as well. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. And, man, I wanted to see what we could have done down the stretch here. Oh, well, hopefully at some point we'll get things fired up. Yes, 3G, 4G, 5G, and the conspiracy theory that's out there on that. It's wild stuff. It just happens to coincide in years in which there was... SARS and then swine flu and now coronavirus. 
least that's what some people are suggesting to me. Every day on Oilers Now during the course of the regular season and playoffs, we do the Oilers Now injury report for our friends at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, and the gang at jameshbrown.com. I want to remind you to stay safe, and when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Uh, we are going to go to this day in Oilers history, and it may be a, uh, oh, it's going to be a double special. Yeah, a lot of points scored in this one back in 1985. Paul Coffey yeah. picks up a hat trick and adds two assists. Wayne Gretzky adds five points of his own as the Oilers dump the Blackhawks 7-3 in Chicago. Edmonton used to score a ton of goals against the Blackhawks. The highest scoring playoff series in NHL history is not a best of seven. It's a best of six in 1985 between the Oilers and the Blackhawks. Oilers bombed Chicago the first two games at uh, what was then Northlands Coliseum and then the uh, the Hawks came back and won Game 3 and Game 4. Dave Semenko was dealing with a back injury at that time, and Ben Wilson beat him in a fight. Uh, they went back uh, in Edmonton Game 5. I was at that game, Brendan. And uh, Donnie Jackson went after probably Don Jackson's best ever fight ever. Did a real good job against Ben Wilson, and the Oilers won Game 5 and Game 6. If I recall in Game 6, Yaroslav Pozar scored two goals in Game 6 of that series. Today, by the way, Back in 1982, Mark Messier scored twice to get to 50 goals. It would be the only 50-goal season in Mark Messier's NHL career. Yesterday, Dave Tippett was on the show, and I want to get to to something here regarding Dave Tippett. We talked a, a little about maybe the surprising impact that Ethan Bear, Connor Yamamoto, Caleb Jones had. Here's Dave Tippett. And then when Yamo came in, Yamo just took it another step again. And then um, Jonesy was a bit of a different one because he came in and he kind of was filling spots here and there. But I really like the way he's trending also. He's a he's kind of a today's style NHL player where he can move the puck. He's a smart enough guy where he defends well enough. He understands the game. So those three young players coming in and, and just bolstering our lineup. You don't know what you have at the start of the year. You know, coming into this job, like I said, I knew, you knew some, you know, I knew McDavid, I knew Dreisaitl, I knew Kleppbaum, you knew those, Nuge, those guys, but you're going to have to fill some holes and you're looking for people to do it. And I give those young players a ton of credit for coming in and not just saying, hey, I can do the job, but I can do it really well. And that's made us a better team. Well, it definitely made the Oilers a better team and off and running Edmonton uh, was uh, was a different hockey team really starting December the 31st against the New York Rangers. This text comes in on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is, is just coming into his prime. I believe he's just bringing the best of his offense and the defense together in one game uh, or in one package here. Uh, and again, at any time, you can text us at 780-496-0063. This texter disagrees a bit. Bob, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is not a keeper, and he goes, question mark. He's not a play driver, but will be expected to be paid like one. Move him before the expansion draft, if at all possible. If not, leave him exposed. Seattle won't be dumb enough to pick him up with a new contract pending. Um, I, I don't know about you, Brendan, but to me, I, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a pretty, uh, uh, 
pretty important uh, player for the organization moving forward. Jason in Seba Beach says, Bob, block that Nuge hater. Well, that's the problem. On the text line, I can't block the, the, the text. Plus, you know what? There's nothing wrong with getting a little bit of criticism once in a while. Bob, block the Nuge hater. Clearly, they have zero for hockey IQ. Therefore, they can't possibly have anything intelligent to say about the game. And Steven says, Bob, Nugent Hopkins is the third best player on the team. Why the hate? Well, that's just one guy's opinion that uh, was criticizing him in terms of what he was bringing. Again, I think in Ryan's first 35 games this year, he was dealing with a significant wrist injury. In fact, he missed some time from that. He ended up getting a, a shot and came out of the lineup. And then he was like he was shot out of the barrel once he was put on that line of dry settle. And uh, Connor Yamamoto... Uh, again, the numbers, just very quickly, and I'll have to type it up here on the fly here, which is not a forte of mine. Uh, but Nugent Hopkins had just 20 points in his first 35 games. That's right, just 20 points in his first 35 games. He finished the season with 61 points, so he had 41 points in his next 30 games. It's pretty good. Plus player, 61.65 games overall for the Edmonton Oilers. Tomorrow, we'll have Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, Dave Staples from the Cult of Hockey. Our NHL insider will be John Shannon on tomorrow's show. What does Reed Wilkins have on Inside Sports tonight? You will hear from Kelly Rudy, Oilers defenseman Matt Benning, and Eskimos long, slop, long slapper, long snapper, and a member of the CFLPA executive board, Ryan King. Yeah, it could be a delay in the season for the start of the CFL as well. Time will tell on that front. Up next, a global news weather traffic update uh, with Eileen Bell with ongoing COVID-19 pandemic coverage, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoons of Jalen Nye. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chat.